0: Welcome to Simple Kicking, the show by special teams for special teams. Simple Kicking provides football's latest special teams news, insights, and interviews with kickers, coaches, recruiters, and agents to give players the best chance of success on their career path. And now, your host, former Division I kicker for LSU and Rice University, James Harrison. Ty Long of the Los Angeles Chargers. Dude, thanks for joining the show.
1: Thanks for having me, man. It's uh, been a while. Glad glad to be on.
0: I know. I've lost some hair since the last time you saw me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dude, I grew up going to some kicking camps with you. We were uh, kickers. But what position do you play? I'm. There's some people that are confused, and I'm confused now. I knew you as a kicker, but what position are four-string,
1: you just Four-string quarterback, um, punter, <laughs> kicker, holder, <laughs> kickoff, whatever. I can snap if I need to. <laughs>
0: Last season, though you you um, broke a record, uh, which was the first rookie since nineteen ninety seven, Alinda Mari, who we talked about in a previous podcast episode with the great John Carney. Make sure you check out that episode. And you made a field goal, you had a punt and a kickoff in the same game.
1: Yeah, it was. Uh, it, it was. It was something that came late notice. We found out we were going, or I found out I was doing it on Friday of the game week you know went went into it and our our kicker unfortunately got hurt um yeah on thursday or friday and they came up to me and said hey we need you to kick your goals um and our gm uh, tom telesco was just like look i wouldn't ask you to do it if i didn't think you could and um you know for me it was it was funny going into it that was more normal to me than not doing it you know from doing it in two years in canada you know, I. The, it was crazy going into that week. I was trying to figure out my warm up for the game because the last two years I had just done every, everything. So I, I was trying to figure out how to get my warm up going, and then that happened. I was like, Oh, I guess
0: we're just going without what we were already done. Dude, I don't even know which question to ask here. I don't.
1: Yeah, I think it, it, the the whole the whole experience is something I'll never forget. I, I think the biggest thing was for me is anyone who knows me knows I'm. Very, very, very competitive, Um, and you know that comes back from my career. You know, from high school to now. You know, uh, in high school, I was behind Richie Leone. A lot of people know who Richie is. You know, he's he actually signed with Arizona today or yesterday. And uh, my whole life, I've been sort of the afterthought. So for me, you know, coming into this situation, trying to prove myself the whole time, and. I was like, "What a better way to prove yourself in your first game? Do something that not very many, if any, can do." You know, so for me, it was sort of it was sort of something that fired me up. You know,
0: so there's a saying: when opportunity and preparation meet, that's called luck. Yeah. Was this the first time in your career you had some actual luck? Um. Yeah, I guess
1: maybe, but then again, like the reason I'm here is. When I was in BC, when I was in the CFL, like they had signed me as a camp leg. I wasn't even the guy there. And the veteran heard his quad and our head coach and GM comes up to me and says, you got two days. You got two days to show me you can be the guy. You know, if not, we're cutting you or we're trading you. And, you know, so maybe those, those were two probably defining moments in my career where it was just like, okay, you've been offered an opportunity. Now let's go. You know, it's it's that time where you realize what that opportunity actually can bring. You know,
0: so Reed Ferguson, he's the long snapper for the Buffalo Bills. He said when he went on the field for his first NFL long snap, he was like, "I was crapping my pants." You said in your, you just said, you know, I was like throwing up when I first, you know, trying not to throw up before the game. Now, when you walked on the field what did you feel like going on for your first NFL rep when I believe it was a kickoff to open up against the Colts?
1: Yeah. See, the thing is for me is I get so nervous before games, so nervous. And the one thing is though, I feel once I just get on the field, I'm fine. So like for me on game day, I try to get there three, four, four and a half hours early. The earlier I can get there, the, the better I feel once I get on the field, you know, I'm just going. And that's the big thing for me is like me and my dad have always talked about is like, you know, a lot of people hear nerves and they're just like, oh, this and that. I'm like, if you're nervous, that's that's good. If you're nervous, you're focused. You know, if you're not nervous, you, you're not focused on the task you have. You're nervous because you care. You know, everything you put into it. Nerves are, that's the, that's the reason people play. You know, people are always looking for that adrenaline. You know, that's, that's that feeling you're looking for. So yeah, you're nervous all the way up into it. And then you're, there. And it's like, Oh, I've done this millions of times. You know, now it's just go.
0: So what are the nerves that you feel though? Obviously you care, mm-hmm. but like, what does that feel like?
1: Um, just the butterflies in your stomach, you know, it's just like that. Yeah. I don't, it's that feeling you're sort of addicted to, you know, it's that feeling that you're like, Oh, here we go. But it's that feeling you also live for, you know, I think that's the, it's, it's such a weird feeling and yeah, I think it's it's like I was talking to one of our rookies the other day. I was like, uh, I want to I want to let you know something. Everyone on the field is nervous. Everyone, if they weren't nervous, they wouldn't be playing. That's when guys retire, you know. And and that feeling is like I think everyone has a different description for how they feel. You know, like my first game, like I was saying, I was I felt like I was going to throw up. Like I wasn't making that up. They caught me at a very vulnerable moment after the game, and I was just like, look. That's how I felt. Not every game do I feel like I'm up, but you just feel that like, it's like right before that game, that opportunity, everything you're working for, it's like, all right, here we go. You know, if it was that big job interview, that big test, whatever it is, it's just that, that feeling where everything you prepared for, it's, it's time to go now.
0: But between the pregame and walking on the field, the nerves kind of go away, they subside, and now you go into the game mode because you're ultra competitive. Does that just happen like praise God that's a gift or is it something that you've mentally rehearsed and earned that title of I'm walking on this field and I'm ready?
1: I think it's a little bit of both. Uh, I think that's sort of how I was raised and for me it's like there's so many times like I could have a warm up and I'm just like can't find it. You know like in the warm up you're sort of figuring things out and then it's time that whistle blows and it's like oh got it now. You know, it's more like now you're reacting. So yeah, I think part of it is that competitive edge that, that clicks in, like out now it's like no no more time to mess around. It's time to go focus on your task, go do your job. You know, so for me, it's it's some, something clicks. I don't know what it is, but something in my brain just clicks where it's
0: like, go. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's something maybe that you were raised with. Look, let's talk about the world of suck that you were in. Okay. You have been totally overlooked throughout your career. In high school, when others were getting offers to USC, LSU, Florida, who was there for you?
1: Yeah, not 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 my dad. <laughs> In UAB, you know, UAB came out of nowhere, and that's the thing. I got UAB two weeks before signing day.
0: Dude, (laughs) two weeks before signing day.
1: That was I had South Alabama. That was the first school to offer me, and they. um, I was at the Alabama camp. I went to all the camps my senior year, and won the Alabama camp, won the Vanderbilt camp, won all these camps. Alabama offered Adam Griffith. Um, A lot of these camps, they just went with other guys, and and I'll tell you this: a lot of guys had bigger legs than me at the time, and that's very attractive for a college coach, right? So. In that regard, I do understand that, but um, you know, it was funny when UAB came. It wasn't flashy, wasn't anything. They sucked. They weren't winning a lot of games. We didn't win a lot of games when I was there. But they don't even have we, a
0: program anymore. I mean, no, they didn't that, for a year, but, think, but it came they're back. Due.
1: But yeah, it went away. Right? It went away. Right? It and, went away. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's it's it was a very weird ordeal, you know, and. um, and and I've always I've always asked my dad that. I've always I always asked him, I was like, why don't people believe in me? Like what do I do? It gives people a reason not to believe in me. I work my butt off, I'm focused on what I do, I, I'm early, and I show up, you know, and for whatever reason, um it felt like that's how it was. And even though it might have been not been true, but it's just that's what I felt. And uh yeah, so UAB and and then Washington. Pittsburgh. Both Pittsburgh cut me before I even kicked the ball. And then um This so is Washington
0: to, Redskins and the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now we're transitioning to the NFL.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I got had it. my career had my career at UAB and good career. You know, did did everything I was asked and loved my time there and um went to Washington and beat the guy out, got cut. Um waited the year, signed in Pittsburgh. They told me the job was there to win or have an opportunity to win. I either knew Chris Boswell was there. I knew the opportunity was more play, get some film, get traded, sign somewhere. I I knew what that was. Um, but they cut me before rookie mini camp. Cut me day of rookie minute camp. Drove home, literally straight Pittsburgh to Birmingham. Was like I'm done. This is ridiculous. Like I'm done,
0: I, I'm done with football.
1: I'm done with football. Yeah, I was done. And um, so you were angry. I was really bad because they didn't even the Danny Smith didn't even uh cut me and he's I just got a phone call. You know, so and so I didn't even get to see anyone, get to talk to anyone, so I was out. Drove straight back from Pittsburgh to Birmingham, get to Birmingham. Literally I got about twenty miles out. And granted, the first eleven hours I was like, I'm done. You know, like I was coming to the grips with it, you know, and then I got about twenty miles out of Birmingham and I was like, One more shot. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna give it one more shot. Then this where it gets pretty good. Um, I was trying to reach out to CFL teams because Richie Leone went up there and had some success, and he he was coming back down. We were reaching out to CFL teams. Um, oh, and I forgot to put this with Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh cut me because they said they needed someone who could punt. <laughs> but,
0: <laughs> I, f- I
1: forgot that I forgot to add that in there. They cut me because they said they needed someone who could punt.
0: Oh, the I irony. Them-
1: <laughs> And, uh, so, um, so the next year, six, uh, 10, 11 months, I'm tr- my, me and my agent, I'm like, just give me somewhere. Okay. And, um, oh, one more thing forgot about before Pittsburgh, I got played in the FXFL for the Brooklyn bolts. You've never heard of that. Okay. Is, I that, lived is in- that a
0: professional six man team? <laughs> Essentially.
1: <laughs> I, I, my agent was like, look, there's Josh Freeman. There's some big name guys who are going up there to play. Yeah. That you can get some film. That's and that's how I end up, that's how Pittsburgh ended up signing. I lived in Brooklyn, New York. Took the train every day. Oh my god. Took the train every day to Coney Island just to do this. And I was when I tell you there were some days where I'm riding on this train, I'm like, what am I doing? You know, what am I doing? You know, and um it's so funny. So um I'm trying to get some CFL workouts, just anything. Worked out for Edmonton had one of those days couldn't miss it a ball made every field goal probably average over 50 52 all touchbacks we're good we're going to go in a different direction i'm like i can't even get a cfl team i can't even get <laughs> cfl won't even look at me
0: I, I don't know what
1: else to do i'm in and, and it's like in the cfl i know how good the guys are but i know i'm better than most of those guys up there i just knew i was you know talent wise and uh so then out of nowhere, Richie leaves Arizona or leaves BC to go to Arizona. I get to BC because of him. He's like, look, this guy can play. Just give him an opportunity. Okay. So like, all right, we're going to sign him. We're going to bring him in, let him compete for the job. They signed me two weeks later. My buddy who actually played at UAB before I did Swayze waters. They signed Swayze, give him like $50,000 down, $120,000 deal. Legendary That's, CFL guy, right? Legendary. He's, he's the Justin Tucker of the CFL.
0: He was at the Argonauts for a good bit, yes. right?
1: Yes. He was the guy. So pretty much, I'm like, I just signed another deal and they just signed someone over me again. I'm like, this can't be, this can't be.
0: true. And fifty thousand dollars down is major dollars, up guaranteed there, yes. money in ca- Canada, especially
1: for a specialist.
0: Yes. You know what I mean? Like sure.
1: that If you're if you're worth it, you'll get it. But that's that's good money.
0: The NFL equivalent is probably for five hundred thousand dollars.
1: Correct. Guaranteed. Correct. Yes, guaranteed. You're getting that money up from them. That's that's good money. Fifty grand, either anyways, good money. Yes. You know? Yes. And um, so I'm thinking <laughs> this can't be true, you know, and. I end up going up to BC, like, hey, this is this is could be the last time I ever put on a helmet. Here we go, you know. And me and Swayze were competing, and, and we were great buddy. It was actually it was awesome because I got to learn from, him. you know, I got to learn a few things from him. And he he hurt his quad probably two weeks in, two weeks into training camp. And Wally comes up, Wally Buono comes up to me, and he said, um, "All right, you got two days. Here we go." And that's that, these are those moments you'll remember your whole career where someone's like, where, where did it all turn? You know, when, when did things, some start going your way And that, that was that moment where it was like, all right, everything I had been through and all the, the crap people had said, I can't tell you how many people had told me, when are you just going to quit and go get a real job? And, and it was just like, this is that moment to, to show, up. you know, prove it now.
0: So this is in 2015?
1: No, no, no. This is 2017.
0: Oh, my God. Dude, you've gone through a decade. Mm -hmm. From your freshman year in high school, where collegiate recruiting begins. You have been through a decade of the world of... (laughs) Dude, hi, I'm here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm-hmm.
1: You want to know what's crazy, though? Yeah. As much as it sucked... I wouldn't change. Obviously, I know I'm here. I wouldn't change one thing because every moment has helped me get ready for another. And I, and that's, that is as truthful as I can say it It really has.
0: This is Ty long. This is the starting punter for the Los Angeles chargers. He's entering his second year in the NFL. And what you're hearing is a story of grit this is a story of a slimmer, slimmer piece of hope and belief in oneself.
1: Yep. And and that's the one thing I always told myself is like if a guy like me can do this, I mean I just feel like I mean, dang, this should this could be some light for someone else. You know, so anyone who's going through anything. I mean it's just and that's the thing is that I always I always told my, my wife about it. I was like, look, some people might not like me, but they'll, they'll respect my journey. You know what I mean? Like when we play teams, I know they'll root against me like when we're playing Denver or when we're playing KC. But at the end of the day, when they, you know, it's it's like when I hear other guys on our team's journey, I'm like, dang. Or when we play other guys, I'm like, that's that's so cool to hear their journey. You know, I always wanted to be one of those guys. Like he'd never had it easy. He got it out of the mud and, and went for it.
0: Jason Witten talked about, you know, proving it in the dirt. That's what this is. But what it's also is reminds me of Jordan Spieth in the 2018 British Open, I believe it was. He hit a ball like so out of bounds that he was actually able to play the shot. They had to move these massive, you know, vans and RVs so that he could play the shot. And nearly blowing up the entire open championship. He somehow rebounds, and he has this conversation with Michael Greller, his caddy. And Michael Greller reminded Jordan of a recent trip on a spring break. He played golf, I believe, with Michael Phelps and Michael Jordan. And Greller's Greller said to Spieth, at a critical point in the round, "You know that group you played with? You know you played. I think they played in Mexico or something like that." And Jordan's like, "Yeah." And Greller goes, I need you to believe that you belong in that group. And that slimmer of hope fueled Jordan to that championship.
1: Yeah. That, that, I remember that it, specific shot. I didn't know that story. I didn't, I didn't know that part of it. And it's, and it's really cool to hear that part. And he's in this moment of even him had to be told, Hey, remember this, you belong here. Right. And I think that shows what, even the best of the best still sometimes don't think they are, you know. And and that that's something I've I've learned too is like we get here because we don't think we're the best, you know. And that that moment of seeing something like that, and I know, we both know how it turned out for Jordan, and he made that shot to win that tournament. And it's just that's really cool to hear, you know, to to see in the other sport that sport aligns a lot with our sport and. Especially our jobs, and um, it's really cool to hear because you know, it's peace obviously obviously a baller.
0: And you know what? Maybe you belong in that group.
1: Yeah, I try. I try to think I do, but I don't let myself think it consistently. You know, because it's like I know I I can be there, but the thing that pushes me every day is like, you're close. You're close. You're close. You know, it's the second you think you've arrived, you haven't. You know, it's it's always striving for that next step.
0: You know, you wake up every morning at nothing, working to something. With that kind of mindset, you'll recognize there's another level of progression. And in the NFL, this, there's there seems to be stages in the NFL for kickers. You talked about Richie Leone. He went in for a workout for the Arizona Cardinals. Sounds like he got signed, so he, you know, may be on the practice squad. So between workout, practice squad, there's a level getting invited to training camp. Awesome. But there's another progression, getting like you said earlier, going into the Pittsburgh. I'm just hoping to get some some film. Preseason film. Okay? Now there's the regular season. Wow, you're on the active roster. Thursday I think is when they have to cut off to say who's our active cuz it's not everyone thinks it's a 52 man roster that's active on Sunday. No, no, no. It's 40 it's 48 guys. Right? It might be 49 this year, with you know whatever, but you get that Friday comes, you're on the roster. You know you're 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 suiting up. You've got your your name will be (laughs) stitched on the back of a of a jersey. So you've you've gotten to that level. How do you earn the job in the NFL, and how do you keep this job in the NFL?
1: not only do you have to be consistent on the field, you got to be consistent off the field. You know, I mean, it is, it is literally showing up every day, leaving what happened at home with the family, everything, leaving that at the door, walking in the door, it's time for work. I think the biggest thing is treating every day like game day. Every day I have a punt period, it is game day. It is, you know, I am focusing on every single rep and, you know, the, the one thing I've seen with some great players I've played with is when it's time to go, they, they turn it on. It don't matter if it's game day. It don't matter if it's practice. It don't matter if it's OTAs, whatever it is. And I think the biggest thing is just consistently being consistent every day, showing up same person. They know what they're going to get every single day.
0: And that's how you've maintained your job. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's your preparation.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Same thing. I mean, if I do things down to the t, down to the minute, everything. You know, I mean, when when I go out on the field, if it's a one o'clock kickoff, every game I'll be out there at starting to warm up at ten fifty two. You know, whatever it is, I try to be exact on everything, and that's how I I tick. You know, and um that's something that's helped me is I know when I stay more to my. Sp- my schedule, my routine, that's when I do my best.
0: Keith Duncan, who's an All-American kicker at Iowa, last week in the Big Ten roundtable talked about like scripting his, his games, whether it's a night away game or a morning home game. And it sounds like from what you're saying is, is consistent with that. Is like, look, I know what I'm going to do. I don't just go out there without a plan.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, it starts the night before. I, I don't go to sleep until I visualize the entire game. I've had games where I've, we got 12 o'clock, 12 o'clock kickoff. I'm up till two three o'clock in the morning trying to get my visualization down. Like I can't go to sleep until I get every rep exactly how I see it, you know? And it's, it's funny. I've, I had a time in college. It, I got pretty, I've, when I started to get really good with it, you know, you've been in this business a while, you start to feel when things are going to happen and I was laying there and I got done doing my visualization and my punter in college, um, Hunter Mullins, I'm looking at him. I was like, hey, we're going to hit a game winner tomorrow. He's like, wait, I was like, I feel it. We're going to hit a game winner tomorrow at FAU. It's like, no. And then we're jogging out on the field. It was like a 22 yard chip shot. It was a game winner. I was like, I told you. And it's just something I felt it, you know, and that doesn't happen often, but that's something I got done with my visualization. It was like, I just felt it was going to happen.
0: Some people listening on this podcast are high school kids, maybe some you know younger college guys who don't even know how to spell visualization. What are you talking about?
1: You know, so I'll sit here and go through my warm-up routine, go through certain reps in the game, knowing what a team gives me that week. You know, I've done my film study. I know what a team's tendencies are for me. And I will visualize reps in certain situations during the game. You know, if it's 10, I'll, I'll usually go five punts, six punts, one way, five, six, another, Few kickoffs, And I do a few field goals just to be safe. If even if I'm not kicking field goals and I try to visualize every single rep and make it perfect every single time.
0: Wow. So one thing that we skipped over, which was you had an amazing career in the CFL. You talked about how you got the job, you kept the job, you get, I believe basically all pro mm-hmm. two consecutive seasons. Yeah. Uh, the team then releases you and now you are back on the free agent market. You are go from being the best in the business to being unemployed. Mm-hmm. Dude, what were you thinking?
1: Yeah. So it was actually it was a crazy ordeal. Um right when the season ended, it was like I told my agent before I went up there, I said, Look, I'm gonna go up here, we're gonna go take care of business, and then it's on you to get these workouts. And he was like, All right, let's do it and by the season the day probably a week after the season ended he called me we got he's like we got 17 workouts we got 17 teams we want to bring you in and i'm like all right here we go so i got married um december 8th and then we didn't go on a honeymoon because workout started we december 10th i was in new york with the jets and went from there and just i think we made it to like 10 workouts and the chargers won. The crazy thing about the chargers workout was that there was some storms in dallas and this was 20 2019 18 whatever there's some storms in dallas whatever it was and I, i'm flying from birmingham the flight got canceled and uh i call my agent and i'm like Dallas or the Chargers are saying we gotta we gotta postpone the workout or something, and he's like, all right, we'll figure it out. And I didn't think the Chargers were serious because I was coming back as a kicker, I wasn't coming back as a punter, and the Chargers wanted me as a punter, kickoff guy, and I, I didn't think that opportunity was going to come about. So I was just like, you know, what should we should we just cancel it? Should we just move on? And my agent's like, no, we should go to the workout, and um, I was like, all right, we're gonna go to the workout. Well, the Chargers are like, hey, we're not postponing the workout, we're just gonna fly you in at 5 a.m. Tomorrow morning, so you'll leave five a.m. The workouts at noon here. You leave it. So I leave Birmingham but five
0: a.m. uh L.A. time,
1: right? Yeah, I get I get to L.A. at eleven. I think it was like early 11 11 five. Never forget it. Workouts at noon. Okay, I just flew across the country.
0: You land at LAX at eleven. LAX,
1: yeah, get down or uh, John Wayne about twenty oh, minutes. From okay, it. John Wayne,
0: Santa. Ana. Okay, got yep. it.
1: Yeah. Get to the facility, literally like over here, just adjusting my back, getting everything ready. Gave me about 10, 15 minutes, workout.
0: What was going on on that flight? I mean, you weren't sitting first class. No. So Birmingham flew to Atlanta, get to
1: Atlanta. The flight gets delayed two hours. (laughs) Now, thankfully, the Atlanta flight, they gave me essentially a first class ticket. So I was, I had some, it wasn't first class, but it was, I had room.
0: Yeah. They gave you two and a half more inches. Yes.
1: yes. Yeah.
0: We'll we'll call that main cabin plus.
1: (laughs) And uh, (laughs) so it got, and I'll never forget it. The flight got delayed because the windshield wipers on the flight broke, on the plane broke. (laughs) I'm sitting over there. I'm like, this is not real. Like this cannot be happening. And I had my Compex machine on, just put it on my lower back. So my back didn't get stiff. I just rode that thing for like four hours. Were you visualizing on the flight? No, it was done the night before. Oh my God. So when I wake up, I'm ready to go, but get to, get to uh, John Wayne, literally had eight on it. And I, I do not eat McDonald's. Nothing is McDonald's. I just don't eat it. That was the, they didn't have time to give me food. So I grabbed McDonald's at the airport, ate the burgers, ate two burgers, went straight to the workout, ended up having a day. But I don't, don't, I, I, remember I went like 12 for 12 on field goals, two or three for three on touchbacks and I, I don't think I miss it upon that is useful useful and that was one of those things that's one of those moments when you get done you're just like all right you can do this you know that was that's just one of those other moments that I'll never forget
0: but was it now the, that I'm here too okay so you don't forget that moment but in that moment are you like hey Agent do you call miss yeah. do you call mrs. long? Do you call your agent was was, <laughs> yeah, was so it a three way <laughs> we we
1: had and I'm not going to say the teams we were talking that we were negotiating with two teams at this time, and we thought the other team was going to make the deal happen and then once the chargers found out that we were negotiating with two other teams, they got involved and um yeah, it was one of those things where the Chargers were essentially like, look, we don't want them going anywhere. We don't want them going to another workout. And they end up started – we started talking about numbers, this and that, but they, the deal wasn't closed. I ended up going to one or two more workouts. And then they – one of those teams started negotiating. And then I think it was two days later, the Chargers made an offer that I was like, all right, this is this is where I'm going to go.
0: So this is in late May, early June of 2019?
1: No, this is end of December, right after my CFL season. Right. So I finished the season and then started the workout circuit. Yep.
0: My gosh, dude. You bet on yourself. Every time. My gosh. So now you go from the nerdy guy at the lunch table that none of the girls want to talk to. <laughs> okay. You've been bouncing around and then now they look at you and they, and all of a sudden you're the cool kid.
1: Yeah. I mean.
0: And you've, you've got the leverage.
1: Yeah. And that's the first time in my life I've ever had leverage.
0: Ever. Ever. This is 10 years from the world of suck, and the destination is hell. Mm-hmm. The destination is nowhere. It's, it's it's not hell. It's just death. Mm-hmm. It's the death of a, of a, hey, the line to the left is very long of NFL free agents that tried and failed, and it was over. Mm-hmm. At the end of the road. The curtain closed.
1: I just thought if I kept trying, it'd happen.
0: Dude, are you the most unlikely NFL agent, uh, NFL punter?
1: Probably. I mean, in, I, I think about that. You know, it's so funny because uh, one of our, our coaches came up to me and he was just like joking around. He's like, hey, congrats on making the team. I was like, thank you. He was like, he was like you were going to be our guy. I was like, no, no, I know that. But you don't ever take a day in this business for granted. I, I don't take that for granted. You know, so making a team every year is a huge accomplishment. You know, and it's just like, it's something I don't forget. And it's like every time I'm like, when I made it last year, I was just like, take a deep breath for a second, let it all out. All right, now let's go. You know?
0: And that's, I think that's your consistency, dude. You are consistently grateful for the moment that you have, which is right now. Yeah. Yeah. You're not getting ahead of yourself. You're not looking at the next stages that I'm going to go throw at at you because you're just too busy, worried about. The present, mm-hmm.
1: yeah, and I and, and I think that's that's something I've learned with we we all learn that you know, but that's something I've learned with time is just focusing on what I have now. Don't don't worry about the future. Don't worry about the past. Control what you can control now and go.
0: Well, give us a story from your from your rookie season in the NFL that's that sticks out to you.
1: Week two, uh, stress fracture in my fifth metatarsal on my plant foot. Essentially, break my foot week two. Thinking how, okay, I've made the team, I'm here, and now I hurt my foot, and so I'm doing all three, and I'm like, something just don't feel right, and I told him I was fine, I was like, I'm good, I'm good, you know, Chargers are like, oh, you're good, oh, you're good? I'm like, yeah, I'm good, get to the third game, I'm like, mm-hmm. starting to hurt, starting to really hurt, you know, and I make all my kicks, Then we get to the Miami game, and I'm like, at kickoff I'm like I can't I hardly can walk like it is like that bad on my on my plant foot you know how you land on the outside that bone right there and I and I go end up up in the game I'm warming up couldn't make a kick I'm telling you I couldn't make a kick in warm-ups and then our special teams come special teams coach comes up to me Stu I mean that's first off let me tell you how thankful I am to play for him Stu George Stewart I mean this this guy's the best and he comes up to me and he's like you think this little injury is going to stop you from what you've been through you know let's go you know and it was just that was a reminder and we go out there and i think no, i know we went five for five on extra points three for three on field goals 45 46 51 and had a game you know we won the game and that was that moment where it's like playing through that it's like all right now i've made it then freaking get hurt second game you know and didn't know it but then, then I got test Everything done after the Miami game. They're like, "Yeah, you, you're hurt," you know. And then I just punted for the next eight weeks, and then I came back.
0: And that's really the, the, the reason why you finished the season as a punter. Yep, because you had a pretty decent field goal percentage, dude. Yeah, yeah, I was I was hitting the ball well. Yeah, you were. And here's one more note about 2019 L.A. Chargers. You guys had out of 16 games. I think 10 of them were decided by three points or less or a score or less. Crazy. So your critical, every time your foot, broken or unbroken, touched that ball, it was going to decide the game at least in retrospect.
1: Yeah. Every game, I felt I came down to the last drive. It was nuts.
0: Dude. Well, this is a story of grit. This is a story of gratitude. This is a story of I'm going to go get it. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to go get Go get it now because I know what I know what my other options are. Yeah, dude. I wanted to bring up the uh, Odell Beckham returning a, a touchdown <laughs> on your uh, missed fifty nine yarder. Yep, that's a good one. That's a good one. <laughs> but we're gonna have to do that on another podcast. Yeah, maybe episode two of the tie long after a, a successful twenty twenty season. But all you're worried about is week one, which is this Sunday.
1: Can't
0: wait. Dude, congratulations on today. I'm not going to congratulate you on a career. I'm just going to congratulate you today. Today, you were an LA Charger. Today, you are a loving husband. And you know what? You've got a huge fan, a huge fan for me. And I'm, I'm rooting for you, brother.
1: I appreciate you, bro. I really do. It means a lot.
0: Ty Long, there he goes.